Hi everyone, welcome to Do It Today. Today I'm talking with Diane Allen, who I first connected with a few years ago when I interviewed her for an article about how tapping into flow state can increase your productivity and make you happier at work. I wanted to check back in with her to get some advice on finding our way back to flow. I actually looked this up, but we last spoke on March 20th, 2020, which feels like a time capsule at this point and is just really crazy to think about. So you're a speaker, a trainer, a coach, and an expert on flow state. And you have strategies for diving into that blissed out state where hours pass by and you're fully engaged and present in your work. So I just wanted to call you up and and ask what today looks like for you. Have you experienced flow state today? You know, what does your day-to-day look like? Well, I'm so grateful to reconnect with you, Kara. And it's Wednesday here in Central Oregon. It's still the morning here. And I did do a power hour already before our call. And I could talk more about how I did that. But mostly there's two things I'm focusing on today. One is I have to do a lot of outreach and correspondence, and that looks like email. And the other is I need to practice violin, and I'm really stretching myself. I'm classically trained, and I'm playing in a jazz band, which means I have to learn how to improv, which is a whole new world when I'm used to just playing in an orchestra. It's kind of like factory work. You know, the music's put down in front of you, you churn it out to actually be the one creating the music. And the other part I'm doing with my violin playing is as a keynote speaker, I include my violin playing. And the song that I end my speeches with, it's not up to my standards yet. And I'm a very new, very new composer. So to have high expertise in one area of your life and to be a beginner in another you have standards, but what you're creating isn't up to your standards. It's it's just been an interesting thing. So that's what's going on in the violin world. So when you do have to practice violin, do you know the hours that you're going to be playing? Is it set aside in a calendar already, or do you sort of work up to it in another way? I'm very fortunate, Kara, that we are empty nesters and we have no pets anymore. I have my time as my own. I've always worked from home. So I actually kind of flow through it. But when I do decide to practice, I make sure that there's 90 minutes because that is the arc of time you need to get into the flow state. You need to have uninterrupted, phones off, don't even look at your computer kind of situation, although you might be working on your computer, but turn off everything else other than what you're working on and just know that you're going to dedicate yourself to those 90 minutes. And it could be that you're just grappling with it at the beginning and you're not in your flow state, but you know that you've dedicated the 90 minutes and you just are going to commit. And some point, things start to shift. So let's talk about the flow state. So for someone who's not well acquainted with that state of being, state of working, how would you describe it? I go by the positive psychology description of flow, which is a state where we feel our best and perform our best. It was coined by Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He was the professor of psychology and really focused on flow. And his description is that flow is activated at the intersection of skill and challenge. 
So you might be a great writer, but if you don't have a challenge, it might not trigger you into flow. So if maybe you're doing a mundane piece of writing that you have to do just because it's, you know, the kind of thing that you have to do, then you might want to just kind of come up with a personal challenge. And this will circle back to how I did my power hour this morning, which was I wanted to manage some correspondence right away. And so typing emails, managing correspondence, communicating, those are skills. And the challenge I gave myself was the hour. And, and this is what I'm going to complete in that hour. And it happened and I actually had finished early. The other key things that you need to know about flow is one of the indicators of it. Well, it's when you lose all sense of time, you feel one with the activity because your inner critic is just gone. It's lovely. Ideas and insights are coming in from out of the blue. Things are coming together with the sense of ease. You're in that positive feedback loop. For me as a violinist, it's like the more I get into the music, the more I get out of it, the more I get out of it, the more I get into it. So it's that cycle. And then experiencing this extreme joy and fulfillment in your work. That's the basic outline of how I describe flow. And what I do is I do my best to help other people to access their flow state by figuring out What's their own unique way of getting into flow? So let's zero in on one of the biggest issues with getting into a flow state, at least for myself and for people that I know, which is the inner critic that comes up, usually right at the beginning when you try to start a task or get into a piece of writing or something that you're actually really excited to do, but then the inner critic starts to rear its head. What do we do about that? Two things come to mind. The first thing I want to talk about is the actual neuroscience of flow. There's a rush of hormones. They're peak performance hormones that are released into our brain. And there's like five or six of them that are just getting us into this peak state. And the prefrontal cortex temporarily shuts off. That's where your inner critic lives. And that's where your sense of time lives. So it literally temporarily shuts down. And then the neocortex amps up, and that's where we'd get a lot of learning done and a lot of that productivity. So that's what the neuroscience of it is. But when you're in that place, like I was saying, okay, you've got your 90-minute arc. You're going to dedicate yourself, and it might feel like you're grappling at first. So what are you grappling with? Well, that inner critic, because you're not in flow yet, <laughs> right? So as a violinist, I have had to perform in so many different circumstances, and interruptions are the number one killer of the flow state, including your inner critic. The trick here to deal with your inner critic is to acknowledge it and release it. So you say, hey, how you doing? So glad you're here. I know you want to protect me. I really got to get this work done right now. I'm going to have you go sit over here, just pay attention, and I'm going to get to work. And then later on, you could give me feedback. So you're acknowledging it, and then you release your attention to it. Now I'm just picturing my inner critic as like its own entity and being, which is very fun and gets myself out of my head. I wanted to talk a little bit about you being a beginner at composing and <laughs> how, how that feels and how you approach being a beginner, especially when you are so experienced and advanced in music, just in a different way. Yeah. I don't know that I've figured it out yet, but I do know that I'm curious and I want to do it. I do have a piece of music that I open my speeches with, which I know is the right piece. It feels right for me. And the audience feedback has just been really spot on with that opening piece. 
I know it's not the same at the end. So I just come into the practice room not knowing what's going to happen. This is a completely new thing. I, I might end up tapping into skills that I already have. I remember there was another piece of music I was writing where I got to a certain point and I got stuck and I couldn't figure out. And I was able to just go back and say, okay, what's the music theory behind it? What are the chords? You know, like really how you analyze music and, and break it down into the pieces. And it ended up being the right tool at the right time. So you could tell I'm still swimming in this, but I know that I, if I dedicate a little bit of time every day, it's definitely better than if I do it twice a week. I also know that if I sleep on it, I'll come back the next day in a completely different place. So I don't try to solve all the issues. I don't have any deadlines with it. It's just, you know, when you take a look at skill and challenge again, I think the challenge is just me uh, having really high standards already as with my musical ear. So that's what keeps me going. I'm, it, it keeps me searching. I feel like we're all beginners in so many different parts of our lives. So it's great to hear that, you know, you can be an expert in some ways and still learning in others. So how important is a positive feedback loop when you're working on something that's important to you? That's where the juice is. That's what feeds you back. If you're feeling drained by your work, it's not feeding you back. That's the key difference. Adam Grant, I think it was in April of 2021, New York Times article, and I'm blanking on the name. Oh, the languishing article? The languishing article. This was, I think, under the umbrella of mental health. And the antidote to languishing was flow. And it's that sense of stagnancy, feeling blah, not feeling inspired, lack of motivation. And it's that positive feedback loop that gets you so engaged, you can look up and hours later, you realize you know, that the time has passed. It's an indicator that you're in flow. I just want to clarify that. It's not like it's something you put on your to-do list. It's something for you to acknowledge afterwards and say, wow, I felt really good about my work today. Oh, I was like in that positive feedback loop. What you want to do is kind of replay that in your mind. And then like you're analyzing a dream, but in this case, you're going to ask yourself three questions. You're going to ask, where am I when I'm getting into the flow state the most? What am I doing? And why? Why is it so meaningful? When you can define it and really identify how you uniquely get into the flow state, then you can choose to replicate it. I love that investigating when and where and how it applies to you, because I assume the flow state looks very different for people who are engaged in different types of activities, right? I believe it's really unique for each person. I'll give you an example. Chief operating officer of a medical center and big time introvert having a really difficult leadership issue because of her introvertism. And where she gets into her flow state the most is one on one conversations. And what she's doing is putting aside her thoughts and deeply listening. And why that's so meaningful for her is that deep listening is how she connects. And she loves connecting with people. So she was able to take that model and figure out a way to incorporate it into her meetings, which is where she was losing her authority and her power. 
people weren't respecting her. They were interrupting and the meetings weren't going well. So she basically walked in and said, this is the main objective of the meeting. I want to take the time to listen to each and every one of you. Because she set the sage for herself to get into flow and to get into that deep listening, she was able to get into that vibe. Now, the cool thing is, is that it's contagious. Have you ever noticed that, Kara? Oh, completely. I love working alongside people who are also deeply engaged in a task. I feel like it propels me to do better work, propels them to do better work. Is that the sort of level of contagiousness we're talking about? Absolutely. And so what happened with her meeting is because she said, I want to take the time to listen to each and every one of you. Well, then everybody else was listening and she was in her flow state. She got what she needed out of the meeting. But what happened was as soon as the last person finished speaking, the room burst into this spontaneous brainstorming session. So it ignited group flow in, in this very productive way. She was able to use her flow strategy in one place one-on-one -on -one conversations, and she was able to put it into another area of her life and make it work for her. I love that, the breaking down of something into smaller, more manageable tasks. And that sort of brings me back to this idea of 90 minutes. And if you could talk a little about how important that is, but also what we can do if we can't find 90 minutes in the day. When you're talking about people really struggling with getting into flow, you know, it could be that they see the project is huge and so they feel shut down by it. So if you have the ability to have a 90 minute chunk with that idea of how can you break down that huge project into smaller challenges, if you compare it to a, writing a book, maybe if you have 90 minutes, you're gonna think, which chapter am I gonna work on during this 90 minute segment. But if you only have 30, then maybe it's a paragraph. It sounds like the more used to getting into flow you are, the more you can get into it. It's sort of a, a, a muscle, right? That we can continue to exercise. Absolutely, it's a practice. Just like yoga is a practice, right? Just like meditation. We all try to go in and meditate and not think, I mean, how can you not not think, right? It's, it's just, you just keep trying, but it incrementally gets better and better. I just want to mention that we get into flow in so many different ways. I know that I ask people, where do you get into the flow state the most? Because as a, somebody who's an educator, I want to get you a quick result, something that you're like really familiar with, but I get into flow state gardening. I get into flow state on, on my walks. I get into flow state in so many different places. And if you think about taking a walk, when you talk to the people like the people who are the flow experts and the researchers, they'll say, theoretically, taking a walk is not getting into your flow state. It is also showers, shower moments, right? When you have all these ideas and insights that come in from out of the blue, these are moments where your prefrontal cortex does shut down and you can receive information in. So what I say is take a problem for a walk, take a problem into the shower. So if I have a bigger problem, I'll take a walk and I'll say, okay, I'm going to dedicate this walk to solving this problem. And I'm going to start taking the walk and I'm going to forget about what the problem is. And I'm just going to let my mind wander. 
And I may or may not have the answer come to me. But the thing is, is that you're adding a challenge to your walk. If it's a smaller thing, like I can't figure out how to write this email. Why am I so gummed up when it usually just (laughs) flows out? I'll jump in the shower if I haven't taken the shower yet. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this in the shower. Forget about it. Take your shower. It comes to me most of the time, sometimes not, but that's just another way to look at things. Because we're looking to get in that flow state more and more often, one of the other big conflicts, I think, are these distractions that you mentioned. Do you have any tips and tricks and advice for eliminating those distractions? I mean, we hear about the same, put the phone away, tune everything out, or turn off the internet. But do you have any specific ones that you use when you're getting into flow? My circumstances are pretty set up. I've been doing this for years, and I really take that for granted at this point. But I will share with you a client I recently worked with who he's also out here in Pacific time zone and has a lot of clients in the Eastern time zone. So he's getting up and doing a lot of calls early, early in the day. And he does have a lot of client one-on-one work. And then he saves his writing. He's got a block of time at the end of the day between three and five or four and five where he does his writing and and you're tired at the end of the day. You, You know, there's... You've had a whole day in front of you. You know, I always try to do my most creative work first thing in the morning, and he prefers it that way too, but he just can't. So he monkeyed around with some different things. Basically, at this point, what's been working for him is he puts on headphones, and not earbuds, like the full-on noise-canceling headphones, and he will listen to some music. And then when that music is over, maybe he'll do a little meditation. When that music is over, he will keep them on. So when he puts those headphones on, it just really helps him to commit. You know, if we go back to that idea of committing to that 90 minutes, just canceling out the sound is like another level of that. Yeah, it sounds like a physical trigger as well as connecting to the emotional trigger of listening to the music and locking into that state. I used to have a playlist of instrumental music that I would put on every time I started editing a story. And now if I stumble across that playlist, it just brings me back to that place where I'm like, where's the Google Doc? I have to just, you know, start tweaking and tinkering and everything because we familiarize ourselves with these states the the more we do them. I mean, I probably listen to that playlist 2,000 times, you know, in five years. You're going to have to share that. (laughs) (laughs) I will. It's only only four songs or so, and sometimes I'll just play one on repeat over and over again, and the lyrics are just sort of unintelligible enough to not distract if I'm reading text, you know, on a screen. Um, Because otherwise, you know, I'm like, wow, what a great rhyme, and I, you know, I want to write a song like that or something. So you just reminded me of that, and I think that's a playlist that I need to pick back up again when I do have these very specific tasks, because I know that that does trigger me into the state of of, you know, working very diligently on one thing until it's finished, uh, which is, like I said, a place I want to get to more and more often. I can't wait to share a conversation with everyone. And where can people find more about you and your work with Flow States? Well, it's been a pleasure, Kara, to connect with you again and to have this meaningful conversation. I'm happy to give people a 15-minute flow strategy session if you want to figure out how you get into flow in your own unique way. And you can just send me an email, diane at dianeallen.com. And my name is spelled D-I-A-N-E-A-L-L-E-N. 
That's amazing. I know people are going to take you up on that. I created my own flow strategy after our first conversation. I'm going to revisit that. And I'm super excited to dip back into that state more and more often. So thank you again. Hopefully it doesn't take another pandemic for us to talk again. So be well. Talk to you soon.